And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. The first rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club. Third rule of Fight Club, someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out, the fight is over. Fourth rule, only two guys to a fight. Fifth rule, one fight at a time, fellas. Sixth rule, no shirts, no shoes. Seventh rule, fights will go on as long as they have to. And the eighth and final rule, if this is your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. Material Podcast. I'm Tom Cornell. And I'm Langley West. And you're here for episode 121. And it's just Damn. us. Wait. 121. Yeah, 121. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk about, this time out, our favorite fight scenes. Yeah. Not necessarily. I mean, we've done an action scene, uh, an action movie episode before. Mm-hmm. Um, this is different, right? We're, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Because we talked a lot about martial arts during that. Right. That one. And right. This is more... Donnybrook kind of fist fight in the alley. Yeah, it's it's the way I'm reading it as my favorite fight scenes. There may be a fight scene I mentioned that doesn't involve two human beings. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Um, um, I do think though that by default, I got a lot of martial arts on my list. It's not all. It's not. None of it is. Um, what, what we will call Chopsaki, no. the the Shaw Brothers stuff. Right. This is more stuff that is, you know, as a martial artist, I get excited about. Absolutely. So there's a... Uh, yeah, and I, I know, like, it could have been easy to say, oh, this is not a martial arts episode. Right. But if you're talking about movies, if you're talking about your favorite fight scenes, what makes up a martial arts film? Lots of fight scenes. It's, it's, it's the detractors of the genre... We'll call it, and I've called it sometimes, kicky punchy. So you've got a lot of punching and a lot of kicking because that's fighting. Well, it's, I mean, ultimately, the martial arts film is a, an exploitation film. Yeah. It's exploitating, or it's, it's, it's exploiting um, martial arts, mm-hmm. action. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, somebody, I can't remember if it was my mom, I, I can't remember, but somebody was like, why do you like these things? They're so full of violence. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, they're not full of violence. They're full of uh, exuberance. <laughs> well, I think it goes back to someone we've talked about on the episode before, and we someone I would think that either one of us references on a daily basis, and that's Bruce Lee, uh, yeah. talking about... Um, uh, uh, the idea that until man 
and we're going to include this uh, in, a, in a second in here, a second I guess. Here, yeah. um, but it's a quote about until man has more than than two arms and two legs and hands and feet, um, we can't discuss a different kind of style of fighting. It's right. all the same. Um, it's why he deeply referenced American boxing and, and that kind of stuff. It's fighting's fighting. Um, I think a lot of it is within the construct. Right. Whether it's the hero trying to get revenge about the land, the land baron that took his wife, or right. <laughs> and the golden harvest stuff, as opposed to something like, for example, the fight between um, Paul Newman and George Kennedy in Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, yeah. So uh, very different, but at their core, I think they're the same thing. Sure, I I agree. Let's listen to that quote. Yeah. Respect. <laughs> uh, 4.30. I'm going to mark it anyway, because we are talking. Okay, so, you you get the idea from what Bruce just said, that, that what we're talking about here. Right. Um, there may so, be different flavors, mm -hmm. uh, because of where something comes from, but essentially, a punch in the nose is a punch in the nose. Yeah. <laughs> as, as we like to say, nothing says friendship like punching your brain in the face. <laughs> uh, speaking of Bruce, you know... The, and I think we 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 need, we should probably start there to get that big chunk of change out of the way. Right. Um. Uh. One of my favorites was always in Chinese Connection the Robert Baker fight. Man, the, we talked about this. I'm sure on the Bruce the, Lee episode. The Chinese, but <laughs> the Chinese Connection in general is such a cool movie, and you never knew that it would have been the next movie from watching The Big Boss. Uh huh. I would argue that The Big Boss is. Um, a standard chop sake of its time mm -hmm. with the caveat that holy crap who is this guy yeah yeah you yeah know? um but i mean beyond that it's it's pretty much like every other movie that was being made at the time sure rich guy taking advantage of the poor people right. and robin hood and hero's journey and robin yeah 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 so when the chinese connection came we get this well, we get we get kind of a, a double whammy we get this whole um having to deal with prejudice Mm. And the fight in um, when he goes to the Japanese dojo, it's basically sure. the Japanese are, are downtrodding, I guess, for lack of a better word, the, the Chinese. Mm -hmm. They've been, you know, they've. Uh, it's a tale of um, colonialism, right? And uh, and Bruce ain't having it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll say, yeah, I'll say, and it's interesting that that that, that construct has been had been made before in some of like the Wong Fei Hung movies, right. and it was made later in like, for example, uh, another film on my list, Jet Li's Fist of Legend, right, which is which is a remake of. That said, there's a there's a classroom fight in the Man, Fist of Legend that is that the fight shit. scene <laughs> that is, is so shit. cool, and it's worth seeing. There's great fight scenes in that movie, but it's worth seeing just for that one. That brings up the question: What makes a great fight scene? Is it the, is it the physical stuff that we're watching? You know, the, the you know the execution of somebody who is highly trained in a particular art, which you know is is what you experience when you watch a a badass guitar player doing sure. a solo. You know, it, it's sure. somebody at the top of their game. Is it that, or is it? Does it have more to do? with the emotional baggage that the fight scene brings. Right. So, we're, I'm fighting, 
the villain of the movie because my parents he killed my parents or you know mm-hmm. how much is is that more important to the fight scene than what you're seeing physically you know the technical execution well I think you it's kind of like uh, uh, it it's like sex scenes if if the fight moves the narrative forward right then yeah. It's why we all know who certain people resonate with us, like Van Damme and Bruce, and, and right. even I would even, for some weird reason, say Seagal. It resonates with us where someone like uh, Scott, what's his name, Scott Atkins, something like that. Um, see, I don't even know his name. Right. Um, where his fight, he does, this guy does uh, tons and tons of action films. And they all they're all they're all into the dollar bin within right. a couple of weeks. That's how I feel about Jeff Wincott. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff Wincott uh is a Canadian actor who made a series of martial arts films in the eh, probably in the nineties. And, you know, they were the video equivalent of a drive in movie. Mm-hmm. But there's some badass shooting there, right? You watch the stuff. And yeah, you're like, it's like Whoa. that. The the Jeff Speakman, like what right. happened to that guy? Yeah, Perfect Weapon rocks. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a martial arts movie, straight up '80s martial arts movie. Right. But it's a it's solid. It's fun. And, it's, and the next thing, I think they just fall into this weird. Yeah, yeah. So now the argument becomes, you know, do you do you? Well, it's kind of a diversionary thing, but do you? Do you train martial artists to act, or do you train actors to do martial arts? And yeah. a lot of what they're doing now is the latter. But I think a good fight scene not only shows a physical prowess and sort of helps ease the viewer into the role of hero, right? But it also, like I say, it, can, it should and could move plot forward. I mean, absolutely, it betrays character, right? Go ahead. Well, well, I was going to say in reference to your question earlier, do you hire the actor? Or do you hire the martial artist? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Much like my feelings on practical effects and CGI, they there needs to be a successful marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, you hire the actor to do, and, and you train them in you martial arts. Get him into a superhero suit. <laughs> to get him as much, you know, as far as you can, uh-huh. right? And then you hire the martial artists to do the stuff that they just are not going to be able to do. I think that that's a really good way to approach. Uh, I think it's fighting. it's changing now, though. When you have people like like Lucy Liu as Kali and and people Keanu like Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves, uh, 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 Michael Jai White, those right. kind of people. They're 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 actors, but they're also martial artists, and and um, and it can be argued. In each case, who does what better? You know, I think right. my, Michael J- Jai White is a much better martial artist than he is an actor, uh, and he's a hell of a martial artist. So he's I, a, I forgive really him a good. lot. Yeah. Well, you know, I, for somebody like him, I would argue that, um, th- and I haven't met him, so I haven't hung out with him or whatever. But I would argue that probably martial arts comes first. Yeah, he's got five. So whether he was acting or not, mm-hmm. he was going to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the problem with people that were kind of seen as martial arts stars mm-hmm. at one time, um, is that they were actors first. Uh, David Carradine, yeah. 
That's I'm looking example. at you. That's a good example. Sure, Where sure, sure. He he's he's considered this martial arts guy. He wasn't really a martial arts guy. Yeah. He was Remember a, his da- who his dad was. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, uh, so the idea that that I think has been made that you know fighting is fighting. So uh, and we we brought up Bruce. Is there anything else you want to say about Bruce before we leave? I mean, we did two and a half hours on it a while ago. Right, we did, and and I'll I'll probably mention his name again yet today. But I I will say this that um, a lot of people uh, don't know don't know how to differentiate between Bruce the martial artist and Bruce the actor. Yeah, and what's really cool is in certain movies, not he only made. He only completed four movies, mm-hmm. but um, is if you know him as a martial artist, mm-hmm. and then you watch him as an actor, you see the expression of that martial art through his acting. Right. Well, what wasn't that the core of JKD about you know the art of expressing the human body? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and whether it's acting or martial arts or tennis, tennis or, or, tennis or whatever. whatever. Yeah. That's that's something that I've been surprised that people haven't taken uh, advantage of um, JKD as a philosophy which mm-hmm. really is what it is yeah, as opposed to a collection of physical techniques even though the quote unquote original JKD gives light you know they'll argue about that well they forget that you know Br- Bruce had that physical side but he also was ha- was a philosophy major Huge. so yeah, exactly and 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 it and it sort of dovetails into a couple things it dovetails into the idea that was first espoused by like Miyamoto Musashi in the 16th century but it also espouses the same sort of philosophy that you get in things like cross training and crossfit Oh, absolutely. You know, um, uh, I, I, I would argue, you know, anybody that talks about aerobics or any, really any advancement in the last, I don't 30 know. 30 years? 40 years? 40 years? Yeah. Sure, I'll go um, there. Uh, I'll even go back to Jack LaLanne. Started with, thing. yeah, absolutely. Started with this guy. And uh, that's what people don't realize is that he was the first guy that incorporated music mm-hmm. into training. Yeah, I can't imagine training without music going I know, in right? my head at least. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's a couple things in there. Like uh, the other thing I was going to say, which makes it a successful fight scene, is is one of the oddity fight, fight scenes. And since we're talking about Bruce, I'll say Bruce and Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Sure. If I could say his name, <laughs> but you always get that one. You get it in the Thomas Jane and um, uh, the fucking wrestler guy in uh, the Punisher. Sure. Big giant guy against how do little you, guy. Yeah. How do you do this? How do you solve this problem? And, and that dovetails back into the Cool Hand Lou thing of the guy that won't give up. Right. And you see that exactly. a lot in, like, Van Damme movies and all that. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, give me one of your favorites. All right. As soon as we started talking about this episode, the very first fight scene that popped into my mind was the fight scene at the end of... The only fight scene in The Quiet Man, directed by John Ford, starring John Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marina Sullivan. Um, it's on my list. It's not a. I mean, it's not. It's an example of. It's not about what they're doing because mm-hmm. they're, all they're doing is haymaker after haymaker. Yeah, it's John haymaker. Wayne. It's John Wayne, right? Exactly. There's no kicking above the waist. Uh, but it's the <laughs> the entire movie spent all this time building up yeah. to. You know, the, the 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 backstory is that John Wayne was a boxer. He killed a man. In the in the ring, uh-huh. and so he swore never to pick his hands up and 
and combat yeah, again. He'll drag a woman across the countryside. <laughs> and well, that that that's kind of part of the fight, the, the last fight scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, for the whole movie, he's like, he's in Ireland. Everybody fights. Sure. Uh, according to the stereotypes of Hollywood yeah. at the time. At the time, uh, uh, everybody it's fights. Ireland. They're everybody drunk and they fight. And they fight. Yeah. And uh, and he won't. Mm-hmm. And his um, fiance slash wife, because she they get married, um, thinks he's a coward mm-hmm. because he won't raise his hand to this relative of hers who's being an, a, a dick. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and then finally at the end, well, it happens as a result of him. Taking her back, he's like, "Fine, I'm gonna give it back to him." You know, mm-hmm. take your stupid dowry and blah blah blah. Right, right, right. Uh, but it turns into fisticuffs. Sure. And she finally looks at him with, like, you know, yeah. It's the fifties, forties, fifties. It's totally the so. Same. It's like, <laughs> oh, he's a man. No, <laughs> yeah. Oh. But he punched that guy for me. But again, it's John Wayne and, and right. you know another uh, one. John Wayne and John Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got and I'll throw another one, a good fight scene with John Wayne in, and that's the one with Lee Marvin and Donovan's Reef. Man, yeah, I know. That's it's Lee Marvin. It's <laughs> who fucking cares at that point in my at my house? Who gives a fuck about John Wayne? It's fucking Lee Marvin. Lee man. Marvin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is good, good stuff. Fight. Yeah, absolutely. Down and dirty in very fifties when they, back when we thought like James T. Kirk was a good fighter. But <laughs> <laughs> well, he was so progressive. Right? I know. Oh my God! Well, he's doing, he he is must that have karate trained, chop. He must have trained in the east. In the east. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, yeah, that's a great one. And and you know a lot of in talking to people about this episode over the last you know since we decided on it. It's one that continually comes up. People yeah. go, oh, yeah, the one in, in Quiet Man is sure. just great. And it's John Wayne. Um, let me see. I'm just looking around. I guess we got to get a couple things also out of the way. I'm going to clean house first. And that is stuff like Any Which Way You Can and Any Which Way But Loose, the Clint Eastwood movies. Yeah, you know, I, I oddly, I just asked you about these prior to mm-hmm. the prior to the show. And, and, and the only reason I even thought of them is because here are... Two movies that are based around nothing uh, fighting. Mm-hmm. They're fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's what it's. That's what the. That's the. Um, the device that holds everything else together. The love right. story, whatever the right, comedy, right, 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 right. and and uh, I remember when they came out, being in the theater, because I wanted to see Clint Eastwood fight. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see you know, um, and I enjoyed. Uh, the, I don't know, I, you know, I, I'd watched a lot of crazy martial arts stuff. Sure. And I enjoyed watching somebody do something that was like, similar to, um, Hard Times. It was drunk, I was going to bring that up, it's drunken dad boxing. Right. You know what I mean? If there's no, there's lots of big round haymakers, there's lots of, 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 I love the, the, it's a drummer term, the triplets that, um. Charles Bronson does in Hard yeah. Times. Ba ba bam, ba ba bam. At the air is great. Do you remember in the uh, the uh, the Street Fighter movies where they would do this crazy thing where uh, so a lot of times in movies you know they'll 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 speed the action up. Sure. A- Asian films. 
or they'll slow it down. They're right? doing it now in American films. And they do this weird thing in the Street Fighter films with Sonny Chiba where <laughs> it's slow motion up until the point of uh, yeah, yeah, impact. Yeah, 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 and yeah. then they let it run at They do it speed. in um, <laughs> above, for da- above, uh, above the Law a lot where it's everything's fine. A lot of the Seagal movies, it's, right. it's all sort of he's doing Fat Man slow and right. then... <laughs> And then, bam! And suddenly the bird in the sky starts moving quicker. Again, I, I, I think Bruce did this first in um, in uh, End of the Dragon, mm-hmm. the fight scene with Bob Wall. It's interesting that there's so many great there's, il- illustrative points of Jeet Kune Do in fight scenes with Bob Wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or the fight scene at the end in the in the in the on the dirt with Bob Wall in Return of the Dragon. Oh my god. There's some great stuff. There's some great defanging the dragon that's stuff. That's one of my uh fights for this today's Is episode. It? Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Oh. Um in Enter the Dragon mm-hmm. where it, he's getting ready to do the fight with Bob Wall. If you notice, prior to all the normal speed shots of him doing the trapping techniques with Bob Wall, everything is in slow motion. And the only reason sure. you realize that is... To build is, tension. Right. You you see the flags in the background, and uh-huh. they're moving, you know, they're yeah, slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, that's slow motion. And that's one way... A lot of times whenever you speed up somebody on film... Um, there's no way of getting around it looking hokey. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, again, absolutely. Steven Seagal movies, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so I think it was a brilliant move. I don't know who was responsible. I don't know if it was Bruce. I don't know if it was Weintraub. I don't know. I I don't know. But whoever came up with that decision, genius. Yeah, because I'm now. When Bruce does that poxow, uh-huh. when he does that trapping, that trapping that you uh-huh. know, Bob Wall's front hand and bashing him with the back fist, it looks lightning fast without having to speed it up. Because you've already trained slow, trained your right, to go slow. exactly. And in fact, back and we talked about this before, but you know, a lot of Bruce stuff had to be slowed down. Absolutely. Plus the fight with Bob Wall and Enter the Dragon, there's all that emotional gravitas of. The sister this suicide. Is, yeah, and, this is the guy yeah. who was going to rape your sister. And the other part of it was, I think, that it's it's in any other in anybody else's hands, it would have been the the the, the big boss fight at the end of the movie. Right. It, it's the revenge for his sister. But right. this this was a stopping point on the way to bigger fish. Yeah. And so I remember as a kid watching it and just fuck, if this is what's going down about halfway through, it's going to be off the chain in about ten minutes. And it was. You know, there's so much good stuff in there. There's a great Man. video out on YouTube looking at that fight, and it does the reverse of what you're saying, and that is it, is it slows it down. And whoever made the video, you you know, points stuff out. Like, not only does he point out the pox out, but then the next round, he right. points the the pox out and then the m- removal of the arm to give the... The, yeah. the straight blast, but um, uh, uh, it's so cool because you again you look at this stuff and you go, wow, he just laid that guy out, man. But then when you slow it down, you're just like, there's this world of shit that opens up that he's doing all this stuff inside, right? And it's great, yeah, it's, it's great, it is, it's great. Um, let me see, I, one real quickly thing back to Michael Jai White. Uh, a lot of his films and stuff are um, sort of come as you are they you they they are what you you get right blood and bone though has some great stuff in it 
Um, it, it's a little showy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of big, wide kicks, sure, and he's, sure. his his stance is very, very open. Um, but there's a fight. I, I don't know the guy's name, but it's a sort of an exhibition in front of some rich guys. It's sort right. of an Enter the Dragon kind of thing towards right. the end. Um, and there, there's just so much good stuff going on. It's a lot of bullshit. It's a lot of like, pock, 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 pock stuff. But there's some great stuff in there too. Well, and that's the other thing is that. There's a difference between a martial artist watching a fight scene and going, oh, damn, and the regular film goer mm-hmm. who's watching the fight scene and getting the fight in context of the story and, right. and what else right. is going on. I also am a big, uh, I'm a firm believer that each fight scene in and of itself should, not always, in films, but it should have a beginning, a middle, and mm-hmm. an end. The fight changes at some point. Yeah. Unless it's not a fight and it's just an exchange. Right. The John Wick stuff. Right. The, the John Wick's... The, the fight I, is just a means to an end. You're trying right. to get to the room and this guy's in the way. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What makes the John Wick things exciting is how quickly yeah. he's having and to the dispatch X-Tex. of... Yeah, exactly. How many of that yeah. stuff. I have that written, I have that written down. Believe it or not, we're going to talk about Keanu Reeves in a minute. Uh, but the thing is that I agree. On, up until we run into the, I always use Jean Claude Van Damme as an example. Right. It's like here's a guy he gets kicked in the head with a dingo boot, and right. I think to myself that's someone who's never been kicked in the head by a dingo boot. Stallone in all of the Rocky movies, this guy gets beat to within an, an inch of his life, right, and then rallies at the end. Meanwhile. Well, there are broken ribs there, and and that's part of it is the the idea that there are there are is damage. Even if you win, there's still damage. Oh, absolutely. And I guess my answer to that would be, um, we're not watching you know a real fight. We're we're watching yeah. a fight in service of this story, whatever it sure. might be. And it's a way to draw it out. Look at Bloodsport. It's a way to draw out absolutely. the. Uh, the revenge, you the, know, yeah, he, he overcame all obstacles. Yes, but sometimes, like in Rocky Five, the Stallone and Tommy well, Morrison I, fight. I never watched beyond like <laughs> the for the it's, second movie in it. But franchise. the Carl Weathers stuff is, is excessive in the same way. But um, you know, you're kind of going, okay, this one time he dug deep, but mm-hmm. this guy is every step of the way in all of the subsequent movies, someone else has beaten him down to within an inch of his life and he rallies. And I guess right. that sort of speaks to maybe, not to get too heady, but like an Americanism. Sure. You know what I mean? On the other hand, when I watch it, I just, I, I'm an old, you know, more guy. Just, and I just, just go, oh, there goes his ribs. Yeah. There goes his arm. <laughs> you know, it's the, uh, it's the, and I and I love these movies, the 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 raid movies, you know. Yeah, right, right. That, this guy's getting sliced up with karambits and like you know hooked behind the the knee and right. stuff, and he keeps going. <laughs> and he's walking it off. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, I don't walk it off whenever I get like uh, I get a I get a hangnail. <laughs> I'm down for a week. No, but it's the same way. It's you see it a lot in in gunplay where someone gets shot. I saw it a lot in the last John Wick movie. I yeah. love the John Wick yeah. movies, but I mean, like, I'm just putting myself in this guy's shoes, right? Uh-huh. And I'm like, I just got hit by a car. 
fuck you. I ain't fighting anybody. <laughs> I'm going home. Or the, what gets me is, you know, the, the baseball bats, the aluminum right. baseball bats. Yeah. They make this solid sort of dink sound, and he kind of shakes it off. And I'm like, that's that's corrective surgery. Man, you are not shaking that <laughs> off. We're going to be talking about a lot of this kind of stuff at uh, Crypticon. Crypticon. In one week. In one week, yeah. Talk about, I have a bunch of stuff to talk about, now, week, about after that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Do you have another one? Uh, okay. The last fight scene in Dragon Lord. <laughs> I don't even know what uh, Dragon Lord. Which also has another title, um, and that's Young Master in Love. It's a Jackie Chan film. Okay. Jackie Chan film in which he plays a kid who is supposed to be training, supposed to be practicing, and just fucks off all the time. Uh-huh. In the meantime, there are some bad dudes who are starting to get involved in uh, the dealings of his family. Okay. And I've never seen this. Oh, my God. It's, uh, so the final fight scene, which is like, Probably half an hour long. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, he realizes, oh shit, I have to face this badass kung fu master, mm-hmm. bad guy, criminal, um, and I never trained, even though I was supposed to. People are telling, you know, going, go, go, fight him, you know, and he's like, oh shit. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And, but, uh, Tenacity. Sure. Um, That's a lot of Jackie Chan's stock and trade. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, I, I fucked up, and now I need to go fix it. And yeah. I, and then he, there's the, tra- and cut to training montage. This particular <laughs> fight scene is great because there is no training montage. He never oh, okay. does what he's supposed to do. And so he's just getting the shit beat out of him. And there's a, there uh, something happens during the fight scene that kind of just, flicks his switch and the, what's wonderful about it is it i've seen movies where a guy's getting beat up and beat up and then for nothing that we can see causes him to wise up mm-hmm. and now he's winning the fight right, right, right he's coming right. back you know this movie has a device in there where uh it totally makes sense that he turns the fight around and wins the fight but he doesn't win the fight pretty. Sure, sure. He's fighting Wang in Sick. It's that dirt... Oh, okay. The same dude that uh, Bruce fought in Return of the Dragon with the kicking. Uh-huh. Is your name Tong Lung? <laughs> that guy. He's fighting him. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you know, as a Korean martial artist, as you expect, he just he's kicking um, uh, Jackie Chan. Yeah. Again. From again. head to floor and, huh. you know, next block to next week. Well, I think that's part of it, the, the dirty win. I mean, look at uh, uh, Viggo Mortensen in Eastern Promises, the yeah. bathhouse scene. Uh, that's a, that's a, <laughs> dude, that's a great scene. i throw that in there, and I'd also throw in, throw in the um, uh, uh, hammer fight in uh, Old Boy. Dude. Ugly and dirty and nasty. But so that's one of my, oh, it's on my list, yeah. was, was, was Old Boy and, and the hammer fight. Well, speak about it. Well, there's so many great things. I mean, like, okay, so it's a great film by a great filmmaker. Why would this scene be any different? We have this extended cut of him fighting these guys in this horizontal layout 
where mm-hmm. you know he's in this. It's almost like a like a Mario Brothers game. Yeah, with like a tracking shot. Exactly. The uh, actor's name is Min Sik Choi. Man. Yeah, it's, it's dirty and ugly, but again, it's also see. I also give that movie a lot of. Um, it's also uh, believable. I, yeah, it is, but I also put, put my thumb on the scale a little bit because it's the first time we really saw someone fighting with a hammer. Right. Where I think the hammer fight on the train in the raid two is better. Yeah. This time, this is this got there first. This, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it started. It brought home the realization of getting clipped in the head with a fucking hammer. With a hammer. I'm surprised I don't read more about people getting killed with hammers. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a knife. It's always the, the yeah. kitchen knife or the butcher knife. Ah, or the... it's probably phallic. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's probably phallic. No, I think it is. You think when so? When you get to the down and the really core, it's about it's about stabbing mad at you yeah, yeah, as yeah. opposed to I think I think more For people, people listening, Tom is uh stabbing the air yeah. enthusiastically. Yeah. So uh as opposed to a reactionary weapon like a hammer would be. Right. I think a hammer is something that just is in your hand when your wife or your husband says something stupid. For the last, time. <laughs> <laughs> see, I always think of the hammer because that's my uh, if you know my chosen. It's like yeah, you like those big heavy, Langley. Heavy, we're weapons. throwing you out to fight. I want those big clunky cleavers. I want cleavers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Um, let's see. But that's a. Uh, it's so impressive because it it dances on the edge of that. This guy should go down, you know. Right. There's a lot of drop into his knees and him, you know, tr- fighting his way up with his head down, just you know, exhausted and stuff. And it's, it's, it's brutal. Um, well, that's what makes the fight scene um, inspirational, right? It makes your hair stand up and you're like, right, right. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's interesting because where where old boy, the the Korean old boy gets it so right. Yeah. When you watch the American one with James, James Brolin. Or I ain't watching that uh, Josh Brolin, whatever yeah. the fuck his name is. Um, uh, uh, it just seems like a pale imitation. Sure. Um, so the, I think the first time you see it, it, it it's different. That is a great fight scene. But the, right. the fight scene in um, Eastern Promises, man. Yeah. Eastern Promises is a great movie. Also, the fight scene in Old Boy... Um, I have to wonder if uh, the filmmakers for 300 mm-hmm. watch a lot of Old Boy. I bet they did. Because that, I, I, there, there's a name for it, and I don't remember, but that particular shot where it's just this shot where they use these different cameras mm-hmm. where they would zoom in and zoom out super yeah, yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. long tracking shot of Homeboy just m- mowing through these guys <laughs> and blood yeah, flying yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's an extensive shot. He goes through like I don't know uh-huh. six, seven, ten guys. You know my favorite shot in Three Hundred? Huh. It's the uh, the, the guy th- jumping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> yeah, the the, the 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 guy jumping through the air at the assault on on Xerxes. And yeah. It's, uh, it's got this sheer abandonment. Yeah. It's like like it's I'm leaping into the everything. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like homeboy in um um. Well, there's Rain of Fire. The dra- yeah, yeah, the dragon movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. He just jumps in the air like, like even I'm, if I get it, I'm still going to die. I know I'm dying, but <laughs> fuck you. They kind of they kind of riff on that in the new Guardians of the Galaxy with Drax jumping into the jaws of this thing oh, that, that looks like a sarlacc or something. Whatever it is. I'm, I'm embarrassed that I know what a sarlacc is. <laughs> um... But a lot of that stuff, you know, uh, 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 I'm trying to think of stuff that is off off 
Kilter. Uh, we mentioned John Wick. I want to throw in really quickly uh, Denzel Washington in, in The Equalizer and uh, Book of Eli. Right. Um, clearly, you know, Denzel's a smart man, and I, clearly he pays attention when they link him up. Like Absolutely. Keanu Reeves. When they right, put him right. in a room with... When they put Keanu Reeves in a, in a re- room with... Um, um, Yun Wu Ping. Right. He got, clearly he pays attention where maybe like Drew Barrymore didn't. Right, exactly. <laughs> wait, wait, was he was he working on Charlie's Angels? Yun Wu Ping? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. You know what? I don't know that for a fact. But you know, with all the wire work and stuff like that, I'm sure maybe. someone that has worked with yeah. Wu Ping is, is, is involved there. That's that's something that that um that came uh up while I was getting ready for this episode is that while I like a lot of wire work stuff from mm-hmm. Hong Kong, um, I don't consider any of them to be among some of the best fight scenes. Sure. I, I don't know. I, I mean, part of that might depends be... depends on the adjective you put in there. If you say, what's what's your favorite, most beautiful fight scenes? I'll throw the, oh, uh, sure. the, the treetop thing in Crouching Tiger and a lot of Legend of the Black Mask. Right, right, right. But then I think we're, we're starting to get off course, and now we're heading into Wuxia. And right. And you started inter- introducing magic and mysticism. There's all stuff. these other elements that are part of the fight scene. It's not sure. just people fighting. Um one of my favorite, um, and it's very unspectacular. If anybody listening goes and looks at this movie for this reason, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. But for for, for whatever reason, I have always had a really visceral connection to the fight scenes, which were largely filmed as a montage. It's like it's it's our protagonist fighting a whole bunch of guys um, in different situations. And that's um, in Jeremiah Johnson. Oh, okay. Sure. Jeremiah Johnson, I really, it really struck a chord with me because I had been watching so many, oh, things where um, people were doing almost superhuman feats, you know, whether it's the wire work or whether it's, you know, beating down hundreds of guys, whatever the case may be. And I remember the gritty realism of the fight scenes in Jeremiah, mm-hmm. Jeremiah Johnson having like this huge impact on me. I was like, oh shit, that's what a real fight looks like. It's not, you know, even if you pull off that kick, it's not, it doesn't look like Jean-Claude Van Damme in slow motion in Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nasty. Yeah, people are off balance. And, and it's not all. Yeah, absolutely. And Jeremiah Johnson is the first movie I ever saw that Mm-hmm. Drove that point home to me. Yeah. Whenever I think Jeremiah Johnson, I always think of that. I'm try, uh, the name's slipping me, but the uh, Charles Bronson Lee Marvin movie. It, it's a manhunt in Alaska. Shit. Oh, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. It's out there. Um, what we're seeing. What, one of the things we see now, though, is we see uh, because we're all so oh so enlightened. And right. The idea of uh, now women are kicking ass. I mean, um, some of the things that come to mind, I mean, on ground forged by people like Cynthia Rothrock and, and, and that ilk, you're getting things like like Chloe Moretz and Kick-Ass. You're getting um, 
this new what what is this something blonde atomic blonde atomic blonde um, which is essentially a female John Wick right um, one of my favorites is uh, Gina Carano and Michael Fassbender in Haywire right this is a man and a woman fighting and there's no quarter given like she, he's coming after her like she's a man right and trying to kill her and it's got some just talk about stylized but um, dirty. Just dirty. You're sliming people into furniture. Right. As Baz Rutten would say, fatang, fatang. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great fight scene. I mean, it's 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 a uh, uh, it's it's a little more stylized than something like again Charlie's Theron and Terry Hatcher in Two Days in a Valley. Right. They're in a hotel room and it's just ugly. It's just really shitty because Terry Hatcher doesn't know how to fight, and so well, it gets a little. It gets back to what you were saying before with the Jackie Chan stuff about right. rallying. You know. It's like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, but I hate you, and I'm going to take you down. Yeah. And then the one thing about the Chloe Moretz mention is that in the context of the film, it makes sense, because it's kind of a goofy movie. But when you start to think about it, you know, like a nine-year-old level in rooms full of armed men. Right. But the conceit of it is, is like, you know, a sort of, you know, once you buy into that initial conceit, right. you're good. And, you know, I mean... Yeah, if you if you train at all, you know that that's not going to happen. But uh, on the other hand, you know, so a nine-year-old is what? I don't know, 75, 80 pounds? Yeah. yeah. You know, that hitting you in the face would suck. But they yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and clearly, you know, someone like Gina Carano does. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, something else? Uh, it's your turn, sir. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Since we're on that topic about no quarter given, and, I, and <laughs> suddenly I become the guy about beating on women, um, James Gandolfini and uh, Patricia Arquette. In true, true romance. romance. Yeah, They beat man. the shit out of yeah, each other. And uh, none of it's pretty. No. And it is, that is such a great scene. Oh yeah, it is so from the good. setup of him getting her to twirl to set her off balance, yeah, you know, um, uh, to the core, the corkscrew in the foot, and it's great because she's not, you know, she she she's trying to survive, mm -hmm. and she sees when she can, she sees that window, yeah. And she yeah, yeah, yeah. and she goes for that window. Well, it goes back to that thing about that the the thing that sets the character off it's the it's the the tinder moment where where you know she's sort of like she's living into her role i mean she's ex existing in her role of you know, i hate to say that but like like a woman being beaten by a man and right. at one point you see her kind of go oh hell no yeah exactly <laughs> and yeah. and with the appearance of said window yeah she turns the tide and it's but it's it's by no means like you had no point in the fight scene, do you think oh, I'd love to be in? You know what I mean? Like you don't put right. yourself in that scene. No, it's none of, of a, none of any part of that scene is fun. Yeah, it's like horrified bystander, right. you know, more than anything else. Whereas a lot of these martial arts things, you're like, man. Oh sure. And I, and I, before, I was going to mention this earlier. But I'm going to mention it now. Um, Tom's rule of action is the further the the further the camera is back from the action, the more those people know how to fight. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and the, and the less cuts. The more those people know how to. That fight. was a big thing. So this does this particular film does not make my favorite fight mm. 
um, scene list, but it might make my list of favorite martial arts films overall. Okay. And that is a Chuck Norris movie, surprisingly, called The Octagon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about The Octagon before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And The Octagon was cool because uh, it was the first time that Chuck Norris had a camera crew that was connected to his stunt team. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we're going to do these fights for real. So these guys are wearing pads under their... We're fighting ninjas. We have an opportunity to cover up shit. So guys wearing stomach pads, so Chick Norris can really give him a full-on sidekick mm-hmm. in the gut. And that made a really big difference in the fight scenes. Those sure. There's nothing there that's going to make you go, oh, my God. Th- that's what some of the selling points of a lot of these were like, yeah, man, and it looks like it really hits him. Exactly. Like, wow. Yeah. And that's one of those movies. But, again, that would not... I like that movie a lot, but it's not going to give you any iconic fight scenes. Okay. Um, a, another real quick mention on the down and dirty front. Uh, um, when um, when Sonny beats Carlo in The Godfather with a garbage can lid yeah. on the street. Yeah, that's just someone getting his ass. It's somebody. It's somebody. If at if they existed at that time, somebody standing with a cell phone mm-hmm. recording. That's World Star. Somebody, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, even then, supposedly, like James Kong went just went off. Just went per- bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so awesome. <laughs> but he, by the time he gets to beating him with the garbage can lid, it's it's horrific. You yeah. know, it's not horrific in the way like the um, um, the the uh, fire extinguisher scene in uh, Irreversible. Irreversible. That's brutal. That's this nuts. is more. That More doesn't PG. qualify as a fight scene. <laughs> that qualifies as I'm killing somebody. Yeah, just a murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I remember the first time I saw that. I Irreversible? Like, yeah. Oh. I was like, holy shit. Uh, you, that one, that's one of those movies, and we've talked about it before, but uh, you, know, you need a little time to walk that movie yeah. off. You know, it's, it's like um, it's Gasper like, Knows I Stand Alone. Yeah. And Old Boy. It old really, Boy, you need to walk that in yeah, you know, you a little you bit. Yeah, you totally do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's, it, it reminds me of books that I've read where, like, I, I read a lot of um, Henry Rollins mm-hmm. in the 90s after Joel Cole got killed. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, why am I reading this? This is making me feel miserable. <laughs> and I yeah. just want to kill everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, and, and in school, I had a book assignment once. It was a book on bereavement poetry. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, about halfway through, I was like, oh. I need to read like a you're like Richie Ridge. Yes. <laughs> Can you say heavy? I thought you could. <laughs> uh, let's see. We already mentioned Paul Newman. You got another one? I yeah. got a few more. I've I've got I've got a few. Go um, ahead. Um, I'm gonna say the um. So this is <laughs> earlier I mentioned not necessarily fight scenes between. Sure, yes, yes, the animal fight scenes. Um, I'm going to say the fight scene between John Richardson and the Ray Harryhausen stop-motion animated (laughs) Allosaurus in (laughs) 1 million years B.C. Because it wouldn't be a bonus material episode without Ray Harryhausen. (laughs) I didn't say King Kong. I was going to say, I was just about to say. Thank God it wasn't Kong and the T-Rexes. Go ahead. Oh my God. So there's That's a great fight scene. That is a great fight scene. (laughs) When he rips that jaw apart... Oh, oh, there's not a dry man. eye in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I was I was so glad to see Jackson reference that fight. Yeah. Uh, in the fight scene with the three T Rexes in the new you know the two thousand five car, where he's like it's dead, but he's still a monkey. Still fucking with it, yeah. So yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, playing yeah, yeah. with the draw and flopping it up. And yeah. Down. That yeah. There's a, you know there was I was thinking I didn't include it. There was a I remember there was an old Disney nature film, and it was there was a two fight between two ram. That yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the most awesome thing in the world. Because um, it had all of the elements that you would expect out of any other fight scene. Right. You know, the loser that doesn't lose, the, you know, right. the bully. Oh, it's it's true. Um, man, there was a million of those. Oh, adventure those, films? Those Disney. Yeah. They were always, like, they always seem to be narrated by Rex Allen. Yes. <laughs> and Rex Allen's always like... And he doesn't look like he wants to be away from his mother. Yeah, or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had that great sort of comforting Texas sort of droll. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm going to mention one that it, it sort of skirts this line again. Ben Wong in The Man From Nowhere. Uh, there's a fight scene in the bathroom. And there's a climatic fight scene in a marble room. The fight in the bathroom is two gu- essentially... Two trained guys with knives fighting in a bathroom stall, not cool. a not a handicap stall, but a bathroom stall. Right, where it's all and it's, they have very few options available. Yeah, yeah. To it's it's great. Um, and then there's a fight scene at the fight scene at the end in the Marvel room. There's about ten or fifteen people, oh, wow. and it's got some great knife stuff in it. Um, uh, uh, very reminiscent of another film that I was going to mention, and that is. Um, Donnie Yen and Ip Man versus the Ten Karateka right. in that one scene. Um, it's just, it's not one-on-one fighting, and it's not the the um, the shimps standing around waiting, right. you know, circling around waiting and waiting to get, to get, yeah, yeah. To get away from it. It's everyone attacking this guy at once and yeah. him defending himself. Um, I I think Man from Nowhere is such an unsung action film that. Um, uh, it's you criminal. You mentioned it many, a lot of many times. times. There's also a Bollywood version called Rocky Handsome. <laughs> that is, uh, it's it's a Bollywood film and it's so it's super long and whatever. But there, the the recreation of that final fight scene in the Marvel room um, is every bit as brutal. It's that clip I showed you where the guy's using the knife. Um, to walk up the guy's arm. Right. Um, just brutal. That's one of the great things about um, uh, last year's The Revenant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or the year before, I guess. Yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever. Recently. Uh, man, there's no fight scenes to the whole movie. And then it gets down to these two characters mm-hmm. in the wilderness. And that is a badass yeah. uh, fight scene that just makes you... Ah, it's like, you know, oh, yeah, of course his fingers got cut off, you know? Sure, sure, sure. And whatever, you know, transpires. Especially in an environment that's loaded with weapons. Absolutely. (laughs) Fights are not, um, real fights are not cool things. Like, Mm -hmm. they're not things you want to want to happen. Well, we, we, our culture has become a little more aware of it just because there's so much, I mean, the aforementioned world star hip-hop and world YouTube star and live uh, league. The, um, popularity of MMA mm-hmm. where we where we have a, a sport, mm-hmm. um, with very definite, you know, kind of constraints, right. but it's, well, that's the sidebar, right? It's gladiatorial fighting. Right. Yeah. But that's the sidebar where, where, 
so a lot of our population now is is more educated in what it in in what we're going to call physical interaction. Sure, um, but they're also um, skewed or blinded because when you talk to fighting to most people, they talk MMA, and what they're even they're not aware of is that MMA is a construct that you can't rake the eyes, you can't soccer kick to the head, you can't right. grab onto this, you can't. It's there's not, all these you can't. It's not real. You know, I mean, unless you had uh, a Caesar mm-hmm. type, you know, um, society where it's like, okay, you guys are literally going to fight to the death. Well, you know, we, we kind of see, we, we kind of saw that in the early days of the UFC where it was right. Just, you know it had involved some alcohol and some cocaine where they just yeah, said, dude, hey, you know what? Like <laughs> and it was put in it was putting into practice everything that guys like us did forever, you know. Right. What style is better? Yeah, absolutely. Well here was a fine example good it way was, to find out. I I really love watching those um early I don't know, probably the first I don't know, five or six mm-hmm. UFCs before every before MMA became kind of uh a thing. Finalized, yeah. Afflictionized. Thing, yeah, affliction. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. I hated guys in affliction yeah, shirts. And All that babies. stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but it also, I think, this is, I guess it's applicable. Um, uh, we, we got, we got tricked in a weird way. And, and how we got tricked was, is that here was this, the, the UFC, these guys beating the shit out of each other. Um, and then, then when uh, Gracie came along and introduced the world to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and that became the thing. Everyone was like, look how effective a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is. Right. But it's, it's, it presupposes the idea that everyone wants to go to the ground. Exactly. And no one's going to you know grab your shit or, or there's no biting or there's no other stuff. Right. Uh, what we consider our shock and trade. Man, <laughs> so this was not one of my um, fights on this list, but having this conversation mm. uh, brings it up. And that is Bruce Lee and James Franciscus in Long, Long Street. Street. Sure. Because it comes... it The fight itself, it's a training fight, right? Bruce is training mm-hmm. James Franciscus. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to kill you. Um... But some hugely important. Yeah. Um, it's really expository. It's very it, much it really like is. it better than anything explains. I think where Bruce is coming from. Exactly. I yeah. think yeah. It, better than the seventy-two Hong Kong interview, which we just some of which better we just than heard. the seventy-two Hong Kong interview, and better than the fight scenes in Return of the Dragon, which otherwise are the clearest expression of Jeet Kune Do. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, geez. the fight. Uh, the, I think the fight scene wi- in Return with Chuck Norris is G- JKD personified. It's Absolutely. a da- adaptation. It's it's improvisation. It's it's uh, uh, taking on the fly what doesn't work and getting, getting exactly rid of it. for part of the fight. He's trying to fight Chuck. He's trying to fight. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry for listeners. Bruce Lee is trying to fight Chuck's fight. Yeah. For a little bit of the fight. Oh, sure. It's old school karate stuff. And he's getting, he's like, this isn't working. This guy's bigger and stronger yeah. than me. Yeah. So, and we're doing the same things. So, of course, he's going to, he's going to beat my ass. And I love the, the sort of oblique 
reference to Muhammad Ali. Absolutely. Where the, with the shuffling and the like. Okay, yes. now I'm going to give you a moving target. Did you know that Bruce used to watch Muhammad Ali fights on film, mm-hmm. and he would have them flipped so that uh, Muhammad Ali was fighting from the other lead uh, to figure out how would he deal with this guy. It was it's uh, it's kind of like yeah it's kind of like Leonardo that's da Vinci really cool. writing everything backwards, backwards. in Hebrew. Wow. He had this weird, you know, it's like I'm gonna filter this through all the things that makes this difficult. Uh-huh. That's interesting. The idea of looking at a fight on the fly and to trying to think of yeah, that's really fascinating. Yeah. Um. Wow. I that just was, went down a that weird, was, weird. That was a big thing for him. It was like he he he. He would look at Muhammad Ali a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what it was. Ali. Because that's the only person around at the time who was actually employing mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, real time the same principles that yeah. Bruce was employing. Yeah, other than sparring at demos and, and right, exactly. tournaments and mm-hmm. stuff like that. There was an, and even that was hamstrung by its its own construct, right? You when you when you spar a taekwondo guy, there's there's a construct built in that you you know is going to be applicable, right? Um, yeah. Wow. And at that time, there was you know we were talking about the early days of UFC and how you saw clearly saw different fighting styles fighting against mm-hmm. each other. Think about even twenty years before that in the sixties, right? Or thirty years before that in the sixties. Look at the Ed Parker tournament. That was a big deal because it's there was no deal. no such thing existed. No, yeah. no. The closest thing was the uh, stuff that Ron Marchini was doing, mm-hmm. uh, where they would throw on gear and uh, beat the, beat the hell out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very Dog Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, to that end, I'm going to throw out. Um, there's a nice little, there's a couple of nice little scenes in Warrior with Tom Hardy. Um, there's a sparring scene where he sort of gets uh, some loud, loud mouth in the gym. It's a great loud mouth in the gym put down kind of thing. Warrior. Warrior. It's an MMA movie. Oh, okay. Um, and it's Tom Hardy. Uh-huh. And Tom Hardy clearly is, is a guy that, you know, can throw a punch or two. Sure. And um, uh, uh, it gets a little rocky at the end, but it's, and it's long. Um, but it's a better film than, say, um, David Mamet's Red Belt on the topic. Right. You know, for that film brings up a question for me. Why do we care? Why do we like fight scenes? And mm-hmm. and um, when when a fight scene is successful, why are we so happy? As opposed to yeah, well, it's whatever. Avatar shit, right? Where you're you're putting yourself in that place. You're living right. that hero's journey. I think. And, and in, when it's done right, you know, I think these days, though, I think audiences are so jaded that they they um, they go into horror films or even martial arts films or whatever kind of films. It's kind of like, yeah, I've seen it. You know, show me something I haven't. And that's why those flashes in the pan right. get, get so noticed. But uh, I think we care because um, we're made to care. That's the that's the that's the 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 drive behind the film and the story, right? It all, it all has been, it's like the quiet man. It's all been leading up to this fight. So when it gets here, um, you know, and other than the construct of like, Enter the dragon, where it's a tournament where, you know, now you're fighting because you have to, not because you have to, but you know, man. Okay. 
<laughs> Enter the Dragon. You almost don't want to mention it. Because... Well, we, we, we did with the Bob Wall stuff. Um, right. But by the time you get to... In my opinion, one of the greatest fight scenes ever filmed, ever, in any genre. And I challenge anyone to watch this fight scene and not dig it. Is the cavern fight scene in End of the Dragon. Oh, sure, the underground stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Talk my... Cause... God. Talk about a clinic on JKD and about just everything that was that was happening. You've got Kali flowing into Kung Fu, flowing into boxing. And for the more superficial viewer, you have Bruce Lee looking amazing. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, look at that guy. Yeah. He's like made out of like, uh, I don't know, uh, spun caramel. <laughs> He's just like... <laughs> The most perfect physical specimen you could ever imagine. And he's kicking these people's asses right and left. That that fight scene is one of my Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's it's a classic for a reason. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, let me see. Going out of the box, I'm going to say Sean Connery and Robert Shaw in From Russia With Love on the Yeah, train. that's a fight scene that's often cited. Actually, that was a fight scene that was cited by Bruce Lee as one of his favorite Oh, really? Scenes. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Um, that is a great fight scene. Uh, and it it clearly... Dem- I think it does what a lot of really good fight scenes do. In that it shows someone who, purely based on physical attributes, mm-hmm. should win. Mm-hmm. And the way that you turn that around. Right. I mean, because Robert Shaw is like, what, genetically... He's, he's designed a big guy. To yeah, be, yeah, exactly. To be whatever. And then... Um, yeah, and again, it's, it's it's why we love Bond, right? That right. ability to go against uh, uh, the tide, for want of a better word. Sure. Uh, go ahead. You got another one? Um, I don't know if I ever, did I ever did I ever address the fight scene in One Million Years BC? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah the yeah, fight yeah, with yeah. the allosaurus. Because it it and again it 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 uh uh. It follows all the same constructs, you know. There are right. ebbs and flows. This thing is bigger and stronger than me. Yeah. It can totally kick my ass. But through my ingenuity, I figure out something that's going to work, hmm. and results in a very iconic image. Sure. I think that that more than anything else um, makes a fight scene that are that is memorable to people. Mm-hmm. This one image, whether sure. it's the slow motion shot of the... It's the um, leg sweep in Enter the Dragon. Exactly. The pond in the air. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's see. It's Daniel at the end of The Karate Kid yeah. doing the, the crane. crane. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, sidebar on Keanu Reeves, I'm going to say, I'm going to bring in The Matrix just because we kind of feel like we kind of have to. Yeah, and also uh, his directorial Man of Tai Chi's got some really cool stuff in it. Not because it's um, it follows any of what we're talking about, but right. I think it's wait, why Man of Tai Chi is important. And let's be honest, it's not a good movie. Um, is that it re- employed robotic K 
camera movement, right? Where the camera would move the exact same prescribed manner every single time because yeah. it was computer control. It was motion control. Yeah, and so you could you could set within that whatever you want. Absolutely. To do. So if you're the filmmaker, you set up this fight scene, and you can have the camera come down behind your head. Yeah. Because everyone knows where it is, exactly. and and it's not going to deviate where right. the human element gets taken out. And I think that's really interesting, and I really want to see it done, and to bring the camera between the two combat combatants. Absolutely. They kind of do it. Bruce kind of kind of uh, forged that with the the uh, again punching Return of, Return of the Dragon, yeah. where he's punching punching at the camera into the camera. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I want to bring up that, and um, just I'm, gonna, I'm kind of in that mode of trying to clear deck. One of the ones that came up in in my research that kind of surprised me. Then I watched it, and I thought, "Holy shit!" Um, John Cusack and Benny Arquides in uh, that's a Point great Black. fight scene. Oh my great god! Every scene. time that fight scene comes up, I'm just like, "Yes, yeah. that is an amazing fight scene because it's very uh, I don't want to say low key, but it." It's uh, it's that thing that I find fascinating in in fight scenes sometimes, when we're not really paying attention to the cool physical shit yeah. that's going on. It's like it's a fight scene. It's yeah. like it's this is what it would look. We're like. invested in this. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Where I don't think we get invested in in one of my all time. I hate this fight scene. And that's uh, Mel Gibson and Gary Busey at the end of Lethal Weapon. Oh yeah, yeah. fucking horrible. Like, yeah. who, who, what are you? What were you thinking? Um, I mean, even in, even in They Live, <laughs> which is often cited, everyone kept bringing it everybody up. keeps saying the fight scene between it's bullshit. It's it's WWE it in is. an alley, and it's ridiculous. And it's way too long. People, Absolutely. Well, yeah. I think that was the the joke of it. That was the joke. Yeah. But I don't care. No, <laughs> I really I, don't give a shit. You yeah. had, yeah, it bugs me because it. It came up so much when I talked to people, like like it was a given. Like, were you going to talk about that? No, no. Other than to say that I hated it, no, no. It's way too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, sidebar on Donnie Yen. First of all, see everything, but also a movie called Flashpoint. He fights a guy named Colin Chow. Okay, shit. (laughs) So toward that end, I wanted to bring up a movie. I was hoping at some point I would have an opportunity Mm -hmm. to bring up this movie. Not a particular fight scene. Every fight scene in this movie, this whole movie, just, it singes my fingers, Tom. This movie does. Whenever I load it into the player. Eastern Condors. Oh, yeah. Man. See, I purposely didn't include any Jackie Chan uh, stuff. Well, Jackie Chan's not well, in that well, movie. Well, yeah, but but a lot of that stuff. I, I Wait. sort of typify it. Whoa, because, whoa, 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 whoa. Because so much of it is... Um, Eastern Condors, Jackie Chan is in. No, 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 no. No, he's not. Eastern Condors is the... What's the other Condor movie, then? Um, something... Something Condors. I, I know which... <laughs> okay, this is, that's a Sammo Hung thing, then. Yes, it's okay. a Sammo Hung movie. And like a Yun Biao, or... Sammo Hung and Yun Biao. Exactly. Yeah, we and, talked about uh, Yun Biao. Michelle, uh, Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Uh, someone else, Joyce... That's... Joyce... Uh, Got a Zenzi. Okay. <laughs> just came Dude. Out funny. Oh my god. Okay. So this movie is basically the dirty Zizen. Okay. They get these guys out of prison 
and they're like, look, man, we we want to hire you to go in and take care of this missile sure. that's behind um, Laos, I think, our Cambodian lines. Man, the fight scenes <laughs> in that movie are fucking unreal. You get to see Sammo Hung decapitate somebody with a machete. Look at Sammo Hung. Oh, wow. dude, man, Sammo Hung. Hung, he's getting his props now. I like to see that. I mean, people have, are revering him um, as he should be. Um, and he's just he's just directed a movie, I want to say, with um, Tony Jaw in it. Tony Jaw's working his ass off. Man, guys. Tony Jaw. But um, all of those guys, that whole thing... And we've and we've talked and I did, I that's my way of coming back to Yoon Biao. Yoon Biao is the shit. And Man, no, and no one talks about him. No, he but does. He's the shit. They don't, and he is so awesome. Um, but Tony Jaw, Tony Jaw, I think more than anything brought Muay Thai and Muay Baran to Western eyes. Absolutely. And you start you're starting to see a lot of that stuff now. Yeah, and you see it in UFC a lot. That's a lot why of I'm not as excited about um, the raid as maybe I should be. Because yeah. I had seen... Well, I'm grateful to the raid because it, it again, while Tony Jaw brought Muy Baran to westernize, I think the raid brought Sealot to sure. westernize. And and I'm grateful for that because Sealot is the shit. Sealot is the shit. It's like so weird and, and it works. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be... And it's unlike... Well, I don't want to get into a whole Aikido thing. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me go back to my list. Um, but I did want to mention Tony Jaw real quickly, mostly for two reasons. One, um, there's in Ombok 2, there's a testing the skills scene between like a swordsman and another thing, and it's right. it's a great look at adaptation. Right. Uh, and also in the in the Americans called it the protector. There's a 10 minute tracking shot as he's going up the awesome. stairs and just taking out opponent after opponent. Yeah, it's oh awesome. my god, I, that was one of the ones on my list. Yeah, it's 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 great. Not only because it's it's impressive with what he can do, but you know that it like ten minutes in one mistake and we got to go all the way back to one. That's right. And yeah, uh, you get kicked out the window. Bam, yeah. back down at the yeah. bottom again. Yeah, yeah. Which also, since we're going, <laughs> you're talking about dropping down. A, out of a window and hitting the ground. Uh, I'm going to throw in uh, Yiya Yanin's uh, chocolate. Um, oh, dude. <laughs> there's there's some fight scenes in chocolate that are fucking breathtaking. But there's a fight scene between... Um, the I don't know another way to put it except non-politically correct, and that's the autistic fighter. Right. Um, that is back to what we are saying about adaptation. It's her on the fly going, this ain't working. Right. I need to think of something else. And so what she does is she just duplicates. I think stuff. that that's a... I love the idea... Of, well, I've worked with a lot of autistic people. Mm -hmm. That would never happen. <laughs> you work with me every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. That would never happen. But um, the idea is an amazing idea. Yeah. I mean, if you have uh, an autistic savant who can listen to a song on the piano... And play it. And then yeah. repeat it with no training whatsoever. Why not somebody who Why can, not? Yeah. Well, I think it, you, you see that sometimes in, in gymnastics and stuff. You know, right. The ability. Although there's spatial problems and there's body awareness stuff that can be a little weird. But, um, yeah, I mean, some people, it's the natural all over again. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, do you got another one? Because I, I, got, I got housekeeping. I got a bunch of titles I was just going to drop. Oh, um... 
Do one of yours. Okay. Um, let's see. I, I, we mentioned The Raid, but I also want to mention their first film, Marintau. Marintau is a really cliched story. Sure. Um, but it's these... It's the... It, it's um, Yayan Ruhlman and Aiko uh, Uwai uh, who... Who are the shit? And Marantau has some great stuff. So often, um, when you're talking about martial arts films, mm -hmm. is everything is built around the construct of showing off this particular martial art or, right. or this particular martial right. artist. Um, and I think Marantau fits in that category. Sure. Like, we just need a story. It's so a great that, calling card. So that we can fucking show these things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It, some of it's a little gets a little Excuse me, it gets a little stupid, but you know, okay, we're but, we're along for the ride, right? Exactly. And they've gotten it right ever since. You know? Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm going to throw out another one real quickly. Uh, Eric Bana um, in Chopper. There's a knife knifing in the prison. I've not That's seen this. That's fucking brutal. Because it's unfor it's there's so, it's so unrepentant. It's not like ah, I'm going to get you. He just right. goes like, hey, you fucked me. Walks up, sticks the guy, and and the ensuing fight scene is great. Um, interrupt me anytime. Uh, Su Wong Fan in a movie called The Legend of Ricky O. <laughs> <laughs> now, I bring it up for that reaction. Sure. Because so much of The Legend of Ricky O is that sort of like, holy shit moment again. Right. <laughs> again right. and again. I just saw that man's spleen explode. <laughs> <laughs> when the two punches come together and the guy's arm turns to hamburger. It's just great. Um, but it's it's got the, those jaw-dropping moments in it does. that makes you... Uh, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to say that some of the best filmed fight scenes, in my opinion, mm -hmm. happen in... Martin Scorsese's Raging Bull. Yeah, see, that was the elephant in the room that I I couldn't do you bring do, myself do you to do bring. boxing movies. Um, sure. I, I also almost thought that like straight up boxing movies could almost be its own show, but I agree. There's Absolutely. some great stuff. In Man, there. With the, that fight, I believe it's with Sonny Liston. Mm -hmm. No, I can't remember now. It's, it's been, been years fight. since I saw Raging but, Bull. But man, where the camera is a kinetic part of the fight scene. Uh-huh. And that is beautiful. And it works so well. Yeah. And if you've ever been in a fight, it's so accurate. That's exactly what it feels like. It succeeds in doing what we were saying just a moment ago, and that's it, it puts the camera right in the middle of it all. Yeah. And um, and it's not camera as objective observer. No. It's uh, camera as participant. And that's I think that's a great... Yeah. And, and I think the really best fight scenes learn how to mix those two... Mm -hmm. It's the camera that's in, inside of the fight scene, which admittedly is often confusing because yeah. it's a fight scene. Right? That's kind of why Lethal Weapon fails. It tries to put you in that. Right. It's really easy to... And it would be nice to see more people doing this thing of where we pull the camera back, mm -hmm. show the uh, physical performers mm -hmm. doing exactly what they do best, mm -hmm. and integrate the camera inside the fight yeah. scene. Well, it should be that way. Should, I think cutting as percussion, yeah, it would be oh is a God. real effective tool. That's the way to do it. Um, let's see. I'm going to throw out um, another fun one. Just thinking out of the box. Uh, Killian Murphy and Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Inception: The Hallway Fight. Oh, sure. Just because it it's a great fight scene. Just because it sort of spins reality on its edge. Right. And yet still tries to 
to um, accomplish everything that we've, we've been talking about. Right. Um, and it's fun to watch. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, another one, Errol Flynn and Dodge City. Talk about it. It is the film that sort of started the trope of the Donnybrook, the barroom brawl. Right. So I'm going to throw that out. Uh, obligatory mention of the Damon, Matt Damon and the Bourne films. Just because... So, yeah, I was going to bring those up, but I was going to bring them up as a, a, a generalization. Okay. Because it's hard to pin down an exact yeah, I know. fight scene because they're all great. Yes. I really like the one in the bathroom with uh, a guy named Desh. It's the one where he rolls up... Uh, he's in the... Uh, they're in the bathroom, and, and he's... Uh, he's got the... Is that the roll of newspaper? Yeah. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's three that always come to mind. There's the, the one with the, the guy with the push the dagger. Yeah, the pen. The pen. There's that the one in the bathroom, and then there's the one in the in the office with the guy in the suit. Yeah. Those all are the of, three that always get me. All of those are great. Yeah, they're great. One of my favorite fight scenes that kind of goes outside of the box is Edward Norton beating himself up. Yeah. In Fight Club, I, for the for the graphic on the website, I almost used that, <laughs> but I used the scene from um, uh, another fun fight thing, and that's uh, Brad Pitt and Snatch, and Brad Pitt and Fight Club. Yeah, you know the weird thing about Fight Club is that it's hard to um, it's hard to nail down a specific fight. Interestingly enough, though, when I went out looking on the web for, you know, other people's lists and, and in the comp compilation of my own, they mm -hmm. always brought up the fight scene with Jared Leto. That, that made it on a lot of top ten lists. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it's not that great of a fight scene. If you like to see someone get their skull crushed, then... Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That seems fair to me, but, yeah, it kept coming up. And I didn't include it in my well, list because I didn't think it was a good fight scene, to be I, honest. I feel like Fight Club is one of those movies that kind of gets grandfathered in. Yeah. I can't think of one particular fight scene that is better than another or that really makes the movie stand out. But the whole of the movie... Yeah. I, I do love uh, Edward Norton's fight with Bob because there's there's a... It's their way of having sex. Right. In a weird kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to go off in the weeds on this one for just a okay. second. Okay. I... I like to equate, hear me out, <laughs> I like to equate fight scenes with sex scenes because they have a lot of the same beats and they have a lot of the same crescendoing thinking, right. mm -hmm. and it's very intimate, and um, uh, one of the reasons why the quiet man scene works so well mm -hmm. is because, like a sex scene where two people have been kind of circling each other yeah. and flirting. It's the culmination, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. and here, yeah. and finally, we've been waiting for, you know, uh, you see it in television series a lot. Sure. So, the, are these two characters going to ever get... It's, it's Mulder and Scully. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A self-reference in, in the first book, there's a sparring scene between a man and a woman that, right. that was designed to be a sex scene. Yeah. And they're hitting each other instead of fucking each other. And I think it works, you know, and especially on um, uh, on that kind of stuff. Um, I'm going to throw in a couple of gimmies like, you know, generically Tom Cruise, who I think is a, an actor. We've talked about Tom Cruise before, but right. I think he's an actor who pays attention when trainers talk to him. Right. I think there's the, uh, there's the I'm not a slut scene from Jack Reacher where he takes on like five guys. Right. 
because it's That's so calm scene. and it's so and it's a generic Jason Statham reference because Jason Statham does a lot of stuff wrong but his fight scenes are always fun. solid sure. yeah yeah they're fun yeah 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 um you got something else I'm almost out well I mean I you know there's there are fight scenes throughout cinema mm-hmm. that are always and 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 I think the more interesting thing is not to point out the fight scenes, but to try to figure out why. Why does this fight scene work? Resonate more than the other. Sure. A good example is the fight scene in The Quiet Man. Mm-hmm. There's nothing spectacular going no. on there. But there wasn't a lot of... It was always that John Wayne fighting through the 40s and the 50s. Other than when you're talking about things like, you know, fisticuffs and boxing and like the, you know, things like the Great White Hope. Hey, man, I would I would uh, argue that um, a big jump in fight films, at least as far as boxing goes, mm-hmm. would have been the uh, the penitentiary films. Sure, absolutely. Where that is, the fights are. That's the movie, right? Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. That's it's like the undisputed the movie. movies. You know, they're that's their stocking trade, right? And there's got to be like eleven of them or something. It's like, like taboo. Scott Atkins. That's the it's, guy I was talking about. It's like taboo. If you don't have the incest, <laughs> it's not a taboo. Yeah, film, it's, not right? a, it's, it's 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 what defines it. Yeah, right. So, but I think I think these kind of scenes are important because, uh, as weird as it sounds, it's conflict resolution. Sure. It's it's, it's the climatic act that makes us uh, uh, feel as if we've gotten our money's worth. Right. Um, Especially if it comes down to a uh, fight scene that's connected to a particular story. Sure. And our our satisfaction as a viewer is going to take place because of the resolution of this conflict, which in this particular case is guy that we like kicks this motherfucker's ass. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's like... I'm, I'm going back to Man From Nowhere. It's... The, the the essential part of that film is, is a man who is uh, a pawn shop owner who befriends a little girl. Her mother falls afoul of the triads. The little girl and her mom get kidnapped by the triads. And they... The, the pawn shop owner is distraught. Right. Oh, yeah. He's an ex-SAS officer from the Korean military and who has fucking John Wick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so so it's so egregious and the, and what now the the what's at stake is so great that when he unleashes like there's a scene where he flat out kind of tortures a guy, um, ties him to a chair and then puts a uh, a lantern with a sandbag, cuts the sandbag so the sandbag's emptying and then cuts the gas line and lets the room fill with gas and he just sure. walks away <laughs> and as the thing as the sandbag empties the the lantern falls over and explodes right. um, to warrant that kind of behavior there has to be a lot on the line yeah and, absolutely and the relationship between that man and the little girl has to be fucking rock solid to warrant um, the unleashing of hell that's right. why I love I'm going to go back again to John Wick that's why I love John Wick so much is because that little girl is essentially replaced by a dog. Right. And it just speaks to, like, this inherent guyness about, like, that's my dog, man. Yeah. At the end of the day, you killed my... It's the character, the dad character. You killed his fucking dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I think these things are important. I think it's easy to be tricked 
it's easy to look at, you know, I'm going to pick on Charlie's Angels. It, it's easy to look at Charlie's Angels and think, man, that Cameron Diaz sure can throw a punch. But she can't. Right. <laughs> and here, there's all these reasons that come, become evident once you review a lot of what we just talked about. Right. All right. Agreed. So, deaths. We're going to move on to news and stuff and get out of here. Deaths. A couple of minor minor deaths that not a lot of people are talking about. Number one, Chris Beard. He was a writer. I bet they were major to those people. I'm sure they were. <laughs> I don't mean that. And I get so dismissive about that, and I don't mean to be. I really don't. Chris Beard. Chris Beard, writer and uh, producer on Laugh-In. Oh, wow. Um, which, you know, again, he was in his, like, 80s. Kind so. of important. Kind to, of important. To this one was really big for me. Robert M. Piercig. He wrote Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance yeah. back in the 60s. That was a huge book. Yeah, absolutely it was. And it... Uh, did you ever read the sequel? No. It only came out a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah, one of the last things he wrote. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I was waiting for a joke. I no, like, no, yeah, no, no, so, no. Yeah. Um, and then finally, the big one of the week was Jonathan Demme. Right. That's a big one. Didn't, wasn't making a lot of films. Last pictures I saw of him, he looked kind of sick. So I don't think that right. It well, was he a died of cancer. Yeah, yeah. Um, F fuck cancer, by the way. Yeah, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's been a few people that's died of cancer this week that that were good people to have around on Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, you know, the big thing about Denny is is Silence of the Lambs mm-hmm. and how we have a horror film that yeah. wins. An Oscar, not just an Oscar, but the mm-hmm. Oscar for the best film of the year. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, sorry, I'm reaching over to grab something. Yeah, okay. um, so, yeah. And and just because he he sort of, if nothing else, Silence of the Lambs sort of legitimized the horror film. And even Absolutely. though they refused to call it a horror film, yeah. they still legitimized it. Uh, let's see. Here's something 20 years too late, and the goth in me makes me want to slam my head in the door. Anne Rice Vampire Chronicles is coming to Paramount TV. Yeah. Um, I thought we already did this with True Blood and the rest of that nonsense. Yeah. So there's that. I I don't expect it to do well. I think it'll come and it'll go and, and everyone will go, yeah, that would have been great in 1995. Right. Exactly. It would have blown the... It would have been Game of Thrones in 1995. Right. But exactly. now, I just don't think anyone cares. Um... I am excited about this. They're, they had released a Fury Road Chrome and Black and Chrome edition. Right. They're doing the same thing with Logan, which I think yeah. is going to make it interesting. I think it'll make it much more. I have the uh, the black and white. Oh, you do? Uh, the Fury, Fury Road. Road. And, uh, yeah, it's a better fucking movie. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's yeah. a great movie to begin with. Sure. I, I do think, and I haven't seen this Black and Chrome edition, but I think the part of what real, I really liked about Fury Road was how in a weird way, how pretty it was. The explosions right. were beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and I, does it lose anything in the black and white? No. Oh, that's cool. I, I, that's I, very cool. Whatever you trade off in color, mm-hmm. you gain in, um, for lack of a better word, resolution. Okay. So. Oh, sure. Yeah, you see, the, like, it's like they, now. Oh, so they up the contrast? Yeah, yeah. And you can that's cool. see all the tight shadows on the guys uh, flying through the air. It's beautiful. Great. So I'm well, I think the black and white Logan would make it more like film noir, and yeah. that kind of kind of felt like that. Absolutely, one of the movies that uh, I really dig is um, um, the Mist. Yeah. Oh, uh, the black and white Mist. Stephen yeah, King's yeah, yeah, The Mist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when they came out with a special edition, whatever they they included a black and white version of it, and I was like, yes, this is 
this is what I saw mm-hmm. when I was reading the book. Yeah, it fits the mood a lot better. And it, it, it's probably a generational thing, people who are used to watching black and white movies from when they were kids. Mm-hmm. But, man, it I, again, I think it's superior. I think it's better. Cool. cool. Uh, we talked about them bringing back, Will Arnett bringing back a- on ABC The Gong Show. Yeah. Well, this week they unveiled their host. Right. And their host is Mike Myers of Austin Powers fame. Right. Under a pounds of makeup. It'll be, I mean, uh, I saw that and I'm like, I could see it going either way. Well, here's, here's okay, initial thought. Were you once the most important actor on the planet? Sure. And now you're doing a TV show where you aren't even letting people know it's you. Right. They're creating a whole backstory of this guy. He's some old English comedic actor. It's interesting. Yeah. I just don't know if it's good. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing where you go, huh, hey, it's Mike Myers. Mm-hmm. But then when you go, yeah, and he's going to be here every week for 13 weeks. It's like, uh, Right. I don't know. I mean, it reminds me <laughs> of Tony Clifton a lot. Yeah. It's very good. much yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I, I, do, I just don't, I don't know why. When we could have... You know what? Jamie Farr ain't doing nothing, and that ties you to the original show. Right. How about that? Instead of... Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they announced this week that uh, Charlotte Ray from Facts of Life, the mom, that was a den mother, mm-hmm. she has bone cancer. Now, the thing is that that, that's, that really sucks, but she... The thing that was really interesting and why I bring it up is that she also just got over pancreatic cancer. And you don't get over pancreatic cancer. That's that's one of those things. Michael Landon died of pancreatic cancer. Right. Like, I mean, that's one of those things where that's a big deal. Yeah. But she survived it, and uh, now she's she's in, again late eighties, and and she has um, bone cancer. So right. hopefully she can beat this too. Yeah. Um, Ewan McGregor is going to be in a, at a thing Disney's doing called Christopher Robin. Okay. It's not animated. It looks like. I'm gonna guess he's gonna play like it, like Hook. Is he going to play? They haven't said. Just that he's going to do it. But if well, he's gonna play Christopher Robin, I smell Hook. Knowing the him. knowing the, um, I I just wonder if it's maybe a uh, a movie about and forgive me, people, <laughs> um, the author of uh, Winnie the Pooh. When maybe he was a kid. Yeah, maybe I. But it's it. I I don't know. I mean, you kind of like, like the movie. Like kind of like the movie with uh, Johnny Tom Depp. Hanks. I'm thinking oh, about oh you're thinking about uh, Neverland. Yeah, Neverland. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, maybe, maybe I would rather that than I would something the hook thing reference. Yeah, you know, where it's yeah, like yeah. we need you back. It's yeah. Like, um. Yeah. Uh, the the forty acre wood is under attack, like a la uh, Fern Gully. Right. <laughs> um, promotion of Pirates of the Caribbean 37 or whatever it is. Right. Uh, this week, they swapped out the Jack Sparrow animatronic on Pirates of the Caribbean. Ride. Yeah, I saw that. And Johnny Depp went out there and um, just yelled at people <laughs> for a day. <laughs> By the way, he makes no... They were asking him about his financial situation, and they were saying, like, you know, you dropped $5 million on shooting 
Hunter S. Thompson's ashes in there. Right. And his response was so great. He goes, it's my money. <laughs> if I want to do that for a friend, I'm going to do it. Yeah, fuck you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just love, I love that breaking the third wall thing. They did this one escape room thing with the, the Chris Evans dude. Yeah. And I love that stuff. Oh, yeah, where he was... Captain America. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. Like, comes out and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love with Johnny Depp the story. The way the story goes is that in his entourage or whatever, there's a suitcase that he always brings with him, and in that suitcase is the Jack Sparrow thing. And whenever he has a down day, I'm sure not as often as you know right, whatever. Right. When there's plenty of photographers around, right? He goes to local hospitals and visits kids and stuff. And and you know, hats off to anyone that does that. So I saw something amazing. Um, there was this kid. He was 16 years old. And he can't. I did see this. Yeah, you did yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The zombie. His movie. his last request was he wanted to be in a zombie movie. Yeah. And what's the what's the name of the organization? Uh, make a wish. Was it Make a Wish? Instead of Make a Wish, it's called Make a Film. Okay. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah. No, no, that aspect. No. And so they. This is the fourth one they've done. So this kid, he's 16 years old. He's dying. He wants to be in a zombie film. Uh, Johnny Depp. I can't remember. J.K. Simmons is in J. K. it. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, uh, yeah, Laura yeah. Dern is in it. Yeah. And, and uh, it's a straight up zombie movie. And I want to say David Lynch had something to do with it. I can't I remember. remember. But anyway, yeah, oh, they made this. Oh, I need a second to get my head around David Lynch and zombie Because <laughs> that would be great. But yeah, and so <laughs> they go and they make this movie with this kid yeah. who's dying. It's. It is amazing, and it is exactly... It's very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. And you know what? At, at a certain point, you know, if it's between sitting on a beach and helping a kid, you know... Yeah, right. Yeah. I I applaud that stuff, and no matter the bad press anybody gets, if you, I hear stuff like that, I kind of think, man, eh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, internet rumor that got confirmed, all of the Stan Lee cameos in all of the Marvel films... Right. Points to now they're saying that Stan Lee is is a watcher. Now, if you know Marvel oh, universe, sure. there's these beings called Watchers who watch over all of creation, and they um they sort of uh, shepherd things along. So him being a watcher just it's one of those cool little things that someone on the internet thought of, and Marvel I guess got involved, and they were like, yeah, yeah, that's a cool idea. Um. They're remaking Stephen King's Firestarter. Why? Uh, I don't know. That was one of the weaker of his stories. Agreed. He admits that he doesn't remember writing Firestarter because it was all done on cocaine. Um, if you read on writing, that little anecdote is in there. Uh, uh, here's the bad news. The bad news is uh, it's being directed by uh, Akiva Goldsman. Who's that? He's a screenwriter, kind of like David Goyer. He 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 is notorious for writing really big, um, high-profile scripts and turning in complete shit. I think he wrote like <laughs> he wrote like the Lost in Space oh reboot. Oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's that. Uh, there's a television series coming up um, called Boondock Saints Origin. That's, uh, I know. I don't really right. care either. Uh, it it I doubt that it will have Norman Reedus. I doubt that it will have Sean Patrick Flannery. Do you think Troy Duffy will Troy be Duffy involved? is involved because <laughs> Troy Duffy had one idea in his life, and that's all. He's going to ride that. He's going to ride this idea like Slim Pickens on yeah, the ball. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, there's that's that. Awesome. Uh, Michael Mann, I guess, is, is getting older. He he doesn't want to direct. He's writing a a uh, a prequel novel to Heat. 
Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of into it. You know, I think that it's it's going to be a straight up sort of. You know, I'm I I would love it to be really pulpy. That's you know, kind of crazy, but that is crazy. This is crazy. David Fincher is directing World War Z too. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to have paycheck on it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's funny because I was watching um, uh, Benjamin Button last night. Oh yeah. Oh, shout out to Brian Sipe on that one. Man, Brian did all that makeup on that. Such a beautiful movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's so good. It's it's a great movie. Brian Sipe just got done doing uh, Guardians. Guardians, of the yeah. Brian Sipe's a guy. Yeah, you want to look, look his him up. Definitely. Good guy. If you look on my further on my website on the Act of Will podcast, I talked to him for about an hour and a half. And, yeah, and it, and it was good. He's got some great stories. Um, let's see. A uh, bunch of trailers. Mo- most of everything was terrible. Uh, I want to start with the one that you just brought to my attention, five twenty-five seventy-seven. Yeah, uh, terrific. Yeah, it's it terrific. looks fun. Yeah, it's it's a uh, 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 story about a kid who was heavily affected by the Star Wars trailers mm-hmm. coming out in the seventies, and uh, was a backyard filmmaker, which mm-hmm. endears him, endears well, that character I, to my heart. I I kind of throw it into this sort of. Super eight, sort of right. Um, Nostalgia fest. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just it looks uh, in a weird way, kind of like have you seen Gentleman Broncos? Yeah, uh, I like, first of all, I hate that movie, but <laughs> but the idea that it captures that certain time right. and yeah. that certain the dawn of fandom. Yes, yeah, it looks great. Yeah. Yeah, it, it looks, looks great. Really great. I, I was excited. Uh, let's see. I I feel I'm gonna hit the big ones first. Uh, Kingsman two, sure. Sure, looks it looks great. great. Looks I, fun. Channing Tatum yeah. with doing the rifleman thing. Absolutely. Colin Firth's character's back somehow with an eye patch, and he looks I'm, rad. I'm assuming he's a bad guy. I yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah. I yeah. Is it wrong as a kid? I used to think, man, having an eye patch would be so cool. It'd be <laughs> so cool. That is not wrong at all, sir. <laughs> I also used to think. Again, as a child, like being in a wheelchair, I thought you still watch Ironside and go, "How great is that? You bring your chair with you everywhere." Dude, I used to want to have to have a monocle <laughs> <laughs> so I could be like, what just, was his name, Corporal Clink? Just so for the eye rays that drop. Yeah, so I could put the eye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's so funny. Um, and then uh, let's start with Once Upon a Time in Venice. Uh, I think it looks like crap. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> and, and by the time we get to Jason Momoa doing a Cheech Marin impression, right. it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. what, uh, what are you? It's almost like, what do you pick your scripts by how much they weigh? Or it's it's, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Um, Two of Fever looks just like a period piece. Um, Two of Fever. There's elements about it that I it, that kind of draw me to it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind and of reminds me of perfume time, in a weird way. Yes, man. But I love perfume. Yeah, perfume's great. Perfume's a great movie. This doesn't look like a perfume. Right, right. Yeah, on that level. Uh, forty-seven meters down, this uh, Mandy Moore shark. Man, I, I, I was What's looking with at sharks. So I was looking. I know, right here lately. And, that's and been the shitty thing. people that don't know how to right. run boats. I. I. I think it would have been awesome if they would have just dispensed with the sharks. Or maybe just one shark. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah. Yeah, the idea of being caught in this cage, like way down in the dark, and mm-hmm. you can't get out. It's kind of like dude, the be- that's terrifying. It's kind of like the beginning of all things of the zombie shark scene in Lucha Fulci's Zombie, where she's right. underwater and the sharks between her and the surface. Yeah. Isn't that tension enough? Right. No. And you just know no, that... No, we need 20 sharks. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> well, Mandy Moore clearly is going to gonna live. Well, and the other chicks meet, because I've oh, never heard of her. She's totally going to get eaten, yeah. <laughs> she's like red... Sh- she and they show you red in shirt. the trailer, they show you like 10 different, 10 different shots where uh, one of those two could be eaten. Well, yeah. you know, well, they, they show can't them. be eaten like 10 times. Well, they show this, these 10 shots, but if you... Simple math says two on the bottom, <laughs> right. three in the boat. <laughs> right. Exactly. What, do tourists show up? <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Um... Hounds of Love, uh, torture porn. Totally torture porn. Not feeling it. Um, Feel like I've probably seen the same thing explored more um, thoughtfully on Criminal Minds. Yeah, I would also say uh, maybe a little bit of Room. Yeah. The movie Room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe kiss the girls in a little weird Mm. sort of way. Uh, But all I saw was uh, women either post or pre-rape or getting punched and what i gathered from the trailer is that this girl who's being held um is trying to convince the wife of the abuser right. that it's like don't you see it's not a, like he doesn't care about you yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. so I'm, maybe maybe intellectually or psychologically it might be interesting it might be interesting but man that trailer makes me makes me come away with like it's just hostile like, yeah, yeah, yeah. see that yeah uh alien covenant prologue do i can i get any more any more in on this I love the fact that they're 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 sort of giving you connective tissue between right. it and Prometheus. Uh, yeah, and the, and they did the same thing leading up to Prometheus. We had all those mm. almost kind of like a TED talk. From, yeah, 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 from yeah. that character. You know, uh, agreed. I I'm all over it. I they need to stop putting up stuff. I I want to go to the theater. Well, one of the things that the, this the five twenty five seventy seven suffered from the trailer we just watched was. Three minutes long, dude. It was it was it was way. You know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. way too long. I'm I'm really sick. Doug Benson was talking about how he doesn't watch trailer films anymore because he's tired of having good films ruined. Right. And I kind of agree. Yeah. Um, it's as, not as, like as we review trailer well, films. Well, it's not like when Close Encounters of the Third Kind was coming out. Right. We. Had no idea what we had. We had no idea. It was a road with like yellow yeah. lines coming out. Give me more of that. Um, this movie. Akja, the Taylor, um, Tilda Swinton movie. Right. Essentially, it's kind of the same ad campaign. They kind of the same campaign that they kind of used in Resident Evil, where it's like we're a corporation and this is what we do. It's very difficult to tell what the movie's going to be about based on that. However, the use of that type of um, online presence mm-hmm. and advertising, I think, is very exciting. Yeah. It's thinking outside the box. Now, so I don't know. So I don't know. Having watched that, if it's a comedy, right? I, I don't know. This I, this will kind of tip it. Number one, Tilda Swinton. I'm, right. I'm in. Number two, it's a Bong Joon Ho movie. Who did he did Snowpiercer and Good and the Bad and the Weird? Right, right, right. So that makes me think I'm kind of in because I think that even though I hated Snowpiercer, I really liked Good and the Bad and the Weird. Right. So uh, uh, I'm kind of in on that. Sure. Um, but it 
plays what it's doing pretty close to the It'll best. be interesting to keep an eye on. And then finally, this movie, Pilgrimage. It reminded me of Silence, the Scorsese movie. Uh, it's got John Bernthal in it and Tom Holland, who's the Spider-Man guy. Right. Kind of in that same wheelhouse as Silence and The Mission and that kind of thing. Right. When uh, we have this this exploratory European culture yeah. clashing with this... Um, it's like they come to America or something yeah, like that. Right. And, and yeah, it's yeah. savagery versus, you know, yeah. the church thing. Except that it's, it's taking place in Ireland. Yeah. That's, for me, yeah. that's a big... The introduction of the Celts is always cool. Yeah. Well. All that stuff. Is Man, awesome. I love whenever Robert E. Howard decided to put the pics yeah. as yeah. protagonists sure, in the sure, story. Sure. I was like, I, yeah, the yeah. pics were great. Um, have you seen anything this week? And we'll get out of here. Uh, so last night was our monthly movie night. It was Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Sure. Which I had not watched for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, you know, I was like, man, this is a fucking good movie. A lot of people don't see that movie because of the subject matter. Right. And if they would just set that aside and watch the movie... It's, it's a, about so much more than that. It's so yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that's it's really a really fair. good movie, and I would say for anybody who's interested in punk rock in general, mm-hmm. probably needs to watch this movie. Just a dynamite performance too. That's a great uh, John Cameron Mitchell, Mitchell is like. Yeah, we talked about his movie Short Bus on the yeah. Thorn episode, and um, he's yeah. Uh, oh my God, man! The the scene where Hedwig is performing next, like parked next to the salad bar. Right, dude. Any musician's been there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. and it clearly defines her relationship uh, to this this guy that they're kind of following, mm-hmm. and uh, it's 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 an it's an incredible story, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a really good movie. So I'm that's good stuff. It was good stuff, and uh, and I also watched um, the first half again of. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, right, which saying. is one of those movies that... I like to watch it in reverse, and it seems so normal. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those so movies stupid. that people kind of poo-poo. Oh, I think it's great. And I think it's it's a wonderful movie. It's I, it's one of my favorite... It's Aronofsky, right? No, it's Fincher. Fincher. David okay. Fincher, okay. and it's one of my favorite Fincher films. Mm-hmm. Um, he made it on the cusp of his father dying. Yeah. And oh yeah, you can totally. It tell really that. informed all of what was going yeah, on yeah, yeah. in the movie. Um, wow. I also highly recommend the the making of Benjamin Button. Mm. Um, but if, I mean, if you're into explosions and shit like that, that's not the not movie the wrong, for you. That's the wrong movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, for, I don't know why, but in my head, Benjamin Button and um, uh, the Fountain are linked. I don't know why. Very much so. Yeah. I agree. I yeah. agree, and I don't know why. That it's doesn't like that make investigation of life yeah. and death and, and what it all means. And I, the fountain is... The fountain is an, is an amazing The fountain thing. I approach like a loaded handgun. For me, it's <laughs> so hard because it, 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 it just strikes these chords and, and calls up these questions that, if I'm being honest, I'm not real comfortable with. Sure. Where it's just like, you know, what does it all mean and all that other stuff. Right. So... Uh, and beautiful. Just it's a gorgeous fucking film. stunning. I think, in my opinion, my favorite Aronofsky, uh, Aronofsky film. Yeah, yeah. Um, me. Uh, I mean, you know what? I watched a bunch of movies, and they've all been shit. 
it's, it's unerring. I, um, I think then, I think then, I'm going to postulate this, and you can shoot it down if you sure. want to. I think we skip those, and we talk about what we're doing. I will. What we're going to be doing a week from now. I will just say one thing. There's a movie called Burning Bright that may be one of the stupidest things ever made. Um, <laughs> it's about a, a, a failing rural um, zoo and a, ma- a girl and her, bro- her autistic brother, they get locked in a house with a tiger. <laughs> and it, it's so stupid. Okay. It's fucking terrible. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Crypticon. Um, Crypticon! Crypticon! Coming up this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I leave... Sometime on Friday. I work the night before. So I'm I leave there. sometime on Friday as well. Right. What, what's your? Do you want to go over your panels? Do you know them off the top of your head? I don't. I don't either. I have go, mine. I'm going to go yours. there and be like, oh, I got to go to this. I got to go here. <laughs> uh, that's kind of going to be it. Um, no, Crypticon is great, man. Yeah. I, I have a blast. I see it's. Somebody had posted something about we're getting the band back together, and that's exactly what it feels like. I get with these people once a year. Yeah, once that's a usually year, enough. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the panels that you're doing, like I'm twenty doing panels. I, I, I'll I, be honest. I you are a social person. I tend to uh, uh, I'm much more hap- I'm happier just going panel to panel to panel. Um, right. Because I don't have to figure out what I have to do. Oh my god! I want to do my panel. Talk yeah. about fucking Beastmaster or whatever it is. <laughs> and then, dude, let's go party. Like, yeah, that, that's why I'm here. That's the other part yeah. of it is, I don't drink. So it's like, everyone's getting <laughs> drunk, and it's just like, now I'm, I, you, I'm, I find myself perpetually in the role of, you know, designated driver. Sure. And it's a, it's, oh, it could be screw a driver. Oh, no. um, But who knows? Who knows? I may actually have a line <laughs> on a place to say, so we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I, I like Crypticon because they're willing to go kind of outside the box on stuff. So is by the time this airs, it, I don't think it's going to be... This is going to air right before. It's going to air on Tuesday. Yeah. So it'll air... It, it, it'll be ne- this coming Friday. I don't think months. that this is a... Uh, in fact, I think this probably does the convention a service to talk about this. Sure. And that is their big guest this year. Yeah. Um, has canceled. Yeah, Romero. He had a respiratory infection. Yeah, George so Romero. And he's in his 80s. People so forget it's, that. It's not a big deal. You know, you know, I mean, it's and not at some point, man, I just, I used to imagine that, like, we're doing a panel on Friday, the films of George Romero. Right. I'm imagining that every pa- every time he goes to a con, that panel gets done. Absolutely. And, you know, it's important to get people, it's the same thing that we do here, but, um, yeah, I mean... It's important, but how much can you do in a weekend? I mean, how many times can you do that? I Right. You know, that's why we've always tried to do with panels that, that we, we'd be a part of, is that we try to do something different. Um, at the first ZombieCon, I, I interviewed Romero, and we did it in a fireside chat scenario. Sure. Where it was in a bar at a hotel, and it was um, just us sitting in front of a fire right. and just talking. And that's different enough, but so often, you know, it's like, I, you want to try to stay away from those. So what was Night of the Living Dead, making Night of the Living Dead like? Right. Um, but I like that Crypticon will go outside of the box. I'm flipping through my notes here really quick. Did you, uh, did you put your, throw your hat in for the screen panel? No. I'm, I was, I looked, but I was booked. I'm gotcha. booked through that. Uh, shit. I'm, I'm rifling through here. I've got... So, so the reason why I bring that up is because they had to, um... 
they had to scramble around at the last minute and mm -hmm. find a replacement for George Romero, mm -hmm. which, uh, for good or bad, um, turned out to be Matt Lilliard. Yeah. Um, Matt is really cool, and you guys know him um, as... He was in Scream. He was one of the kids on the screen. He was Shaggy. Shaggy in the Scooby-Doo movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the protagonist in SLC Punk, which I think is his most impressive. Yeah. Um, that was the one that landed him on Yeah, absolutely. Man, yeah, that yeah. movie is that movie's fantastic. Um, and I don't know how much of this plays into it, but his sister is the head of Washington Filmworks, which is uh, yeah. the organization that's in charge of trying to get more film incentives mm -hmm. going on in Washington, basically. Right, right. Um, so I'm looking forward to the whole weekend. It's going to be, be fun. great. Um, but one of the things I do like, and this is what I was trying to get to, was that they're willing to go outside of the box, where not only are you getting things like, you know, like I'm doing a Vestron video panel, I'm doing a, a Splatterpunk panel, um, but there's a panel that I'm on called Philosophy and Horror, the Unordered Universe, which I'm going on. It's an hour long. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> but it has to do with philosophy and horror, so I'm kind of on board. But it, a lot of a lot of cons wouldn't do that. A lot, I'll be honest, a lot of cons wouldn't sign off on the... We're doing a knife fighting panel. Yeah. And I, 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 by the way, I can't tell you how excited I am to do this <laughs> knife fighting thing. Yeah. I just think it's... Most cons would go, w What? I, I will tell you now that something surprising will happen <laughs> during... Oh, scares me so much. Uh, but, but, but okay, in order to alleviate your fears, it will have nothing to do with you. Good. Uh, there we go. <laughs> um, there's a 7.30 on Saturday in Cascade 2. I'm going to do a reading. Um, I'm do, we're doing... Are you on that panel? No. No. Uh, we're doing a How Far Can Too Far Go Extreme Horror panel. I'm on these really weird panels this year. Yeah. Um, I'm on, like, um, erotica and horror. Yeah. That's because you're sexy. I think I'm, 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 I'm the moderator of that. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. yeah. I'm the moderator of two of them. Yeah. I'm moderating uh, the Splatterpunk and uh, the film George Romero, mm. uh, which we're going to do anyway. Yeah, whether absolutely. Or not. Um, as far as how far can too far go, I'm trying to get Ian and Tori Bracken on here from Bracken sure. Basement because they that's their stock and trade. They, they're really they extreme go, horror stuff. If you have any questions about what is too far, they'll take you <laughs> And Ian's great. I, I met both of those guys at uh, I like early, Ian a lot, early yeah. Crypticon, and they um, we were doing a panel like uh, uh, you know video nasty panel, and it was really late at night, and they showed up from the audience and were essentially a leading the panel more better than anything else. But yeah, I think Crypticon's going to be great. We're going to have a lot of laughs. We're going to have a lot of laughs. Um, it's going to be a good time. The uh, SeaTac Doubletree, it's uh, the 5th, 6th, and 7th. Um, the last panel we have together, and that's a uh, podcasting panel. So the bonus yeah. material will be there, and we'll be... Uh, That'll be a good time. I think that's the only panel we have together. Is it? I think. I have a feeling whenever sure. I have a break, I'm going to check your schedule. We'll just do it. Just, just stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's it. Next week, uh, I apologize. We were we were we had a guest scheduled, and that didn't come together. But we're right. going to still try to get them on. We got some stuff coming up um, next week. There won't be a show because we'll be at Crypticon. Right. We're going to do a follow up uh, Crypticon episode. Um, with Lorelai Shannon. Mm -hmm. I think the, it, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I think the way it was working is, is that 
we have a uh, we're going to talk cosplay next. Okay. And then we're going to have a want to give Lorelai a week or so to sort of decompress because she's decompress. doing us. Yeah, Lorelai Shannon is a, things. Uh, is a writer and a, and she uh, if you remember Phantasmagoria Puzzle of Flesh, it was one of the early Sierra Online um, video games. Sure. And big old fat floppy disk, but she de- designed that and, right. and wrote it and. Um, She's great. She's really knowledgeable. And so we want to give her some time to decompress, and we'll bring her on and talk about not only Crypticon, but also about her work, because she's got some great books. Her book, Possum Kingdom, is, is I the love bomb. Possum Kingdom. It's the bomb. It is great. Um, very sort of sort of Appalachian horror. And yeah. It's just great stuff. So uh, there's that. Uh, who knows? I, we may throw up something in a minute. We've got to know what. We'll figure something out. Something will happen. Something happened. Other than that, we'll see you. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Go to our Facebook page and uh, let us know what you like, or go to the the website there's a place for comments let us know what you want to hear all right kids for the bonus material podcast i'm tom carnell and i'm langley west stay fucking scared